Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. We enter the month of August and we are inching closer to the start of college football. And that is exciting. High school football weeks away. College football less than two months away. Uh, really less than that away. And we're getting closer to getting some college sports and some high school sports back in our everyday routine, which is exciting. But welcome in. Hope you had a great weekend if you're listening live as we do this show each weekday, 11 a.m. complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective, I think we got some pretty uh, bad storms expected to move through the area here in this hour. So be careful, especially if you're listening to us out on the road right now. And of course, we welcome in listeners on podcast. And no matter how you're joining us, we appreciate you being with us as we uh, talk about the Hoosiers and Southern Indiana each and every day on the program. The headline coming out of the weekend, and it's really not a surprise, I don't think, but I think the timing of it is uh, we went into the weekend knowing Xavier Booker had cut his list to 10, and then all of a sudden it uh, was tweeted out by him that he would be announcing his decision on Saturday afternoon in a little Instagram video with Paul Biancardi, who's the national recruiting director for ESPN. And uh, at that time, you began to wonder what all was going on behind the scenes and uh, where was he going to go. And so we know Michigan State now the destination for Xavier Booker, and I I think that's uh, no surprise to many. Michigan State coach Izzo uh, has been a regular at his games both during the summer but also the, the high school basketball season going back to Cathedral's run to a state championship as well. But we'll talk about that today. That's obviously the big news coming out of the weekend. And again, there were some on this show that told us they thought Indiana could ultimately make a push for Booker and was in reasonable shape with him from a recruiting perspective. And then some said that they didn't think Indiana had a great chance to land him. And ultimately, that's what happens. He goes to the Big Ten, but not to Indiana. He'll play for Michigan State, what he's done at Indianapolis Cathedral. So more on that today. Lots of other recruiting notes and things we'll get to as well. Uh, let's look at the show lineup for this Monday program, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just moments, we'll have our headlines of the day. That's where we'll get more into Booker's decision, some other recruiting notes around IU basketball, also a commitment over the weekend for IU football as well. We got a local Little League team still playing uh, in the 50-70, the intermediate division it's called. 
Um, it's one of the newer divisions in Little League Baseball, and uh, HYR is headed to the World Series, so we'll talk about that uh, and a lot more coming up later in the program today. Also, Zach Osterman is out today, so Dustin Dopirak, uh, who tag teams with Zach, the Indianapolis Star and the Bloomington Herald Times, and uh, the Gannett uh, group of papers covering IU, Dustin's going to join us today in place of Zach, and uh, we'll catch up with Booker and his decision and some other IU basketball and football things coming out of Big Ten Media Days for football last week. That was exciting and kind of has set the tone, I think, much more for the upcoming football season. Uh, We'll do that with Dustin in segment two. Then later in the hour, Chad Gilbert, the Charlestown Athletic Director, he's with us most Mondays as we talk local sports. And just a busy time right now for high school sports. It doesn't seem that way, I know, to fans because uh, the football games and a lot of the volleyball matches and other fall sports haven't begun just yet, but they will we'll hear very soon later in this month but it's busy getting the organizational side of things done for a lot of the area athletic directors and just kind of a busy time a changing time as well a lot of transfers uh this off season and it seems to become something that is more and more uh prevalent that uh, students are, are transferring to local schools whether it be for sports or or other reasons it's almost hard to keep up with rosters from year to year. You've got graduation, obviously, uh, but players move around. and um, Maybe not as bad here in southern Indiana as what I feel like it is in Louisville or Indianapolis or some of the big cities, but definitely there has been uh, a push on transfers these last few years here in the area. So maybe we'll cover that also with Chad when he joins us a little bit later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. That's a great way for you to get involved. The number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can really send in anything, questions and comments for our guests, topics you'd like to cover, whether it be something with IU or local sports, love to hear from you. Again, that number, 502-414-1450. I really think that some of the best questions that I can come up with for guests, these IU expert guys we have on uh, at least one a day, a lot of them come from the fans. Uh, you know, I get focused on certain players or certain areas of the team or a certain recruit, uh, but oftentimes something that a fan sends in or a listener sends in uh, is a really good question. So take your shot there, 502-414-1450. It's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand Grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member. Text REWARDS to 803 one three today. Let's get into some headlines for today. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Xavier Booker to Michigan State. Uh, Final 10 was announced just a few days ago, earlier in the week, last week. Indiana on that list, as was Purdue. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Gonzaga, Michigan. He also previously had offers from Duke and Kansas and Louisville, Texas and Butler. He saw his recruitment in the spring after a Cathedral 4A state championship and some great weekends playing in front of college coaches those two spring evaluation periods. 
absolutely go through the roof. And I really felt like, and we have this high school coach, Jason Delaney, on from time to time, but I really felt like as he added all those offers and as his recruitment expanded, even though he cut his list, and I say that with air quotes here in the Big X studios, uh, 10 schools is still a lot of schools to work through and figure out out of those 10 maybe where you want to take some additional visits. You get up to five for senior year official visits. So I really felt like it would take some time for this thing to play out, at least into the fall, uh, to give him an opportunity to visit some schools maybe that he hadn't even been to yet. Uh, so <clears throat> a little surprise was I on Saturday afternoon when people start texting me and sharing a tweet that he put out that he's going to make a decision. It just underscores how crazy – the recruiting process is there no question about that and Xavier uh, by all accounts I think I've interviewed him one time or asked him a couple questions one time after a game uh, he seems like a very intelligent kid that's got his head on straight that is uh, taking all this in stride as he gets all these offers and all this attention on a national level but it's been a little unorthodox of a recruitment keep in mind he did not play for one of the top tier circuit teams as far as EYBL Adidas or Under Armour, he kind of did his own thing, and and that's respectable. He wanted to play with friends, and he had some loyalties to the George Hill program. It's a very quality uh, grassroots program in our state. And then, of course, 10 schools on his list, as he announced last week, and then after just a few days of that list being out, boom, he's ready to make a decision. And uh, when I heard that on Saturday, when I saw his tweet on Saturday morning that a decision was coming with Paul Biancardi on uh, Saturday afternoon, I you just knew it wasn't going to be good for Indiana. And my initial thoughts went to Michigan State just because of how hard they have recruited Xavier Booker and uh, how many times Izzo has been in the state to watch him. He was at the 4A state championship game in, in uh, Indianapolis, if I remember correct. Uh, was there other times last season, assistant coaches as well. And so Booker becomes the second recruit in the 2023 class for Michigan State. Their other recruit, as they kind of putting together a, a star-studded class here, was Jeremy Fears from uh, Illinois. That's another name that Indiana was involved with uh, early on in his recruiting process. Michigan State, too, has had success with guys from Indiana, and Tom Izzo has had success in the state of Indiana. I think it's fair to say that as IU has dipped some in previous years and had some issues at times retaining players from within the state, uh, especially those cream years stand out to me. Um, you know, Michigan State was one of the Big Ten rivals that was able to come in and uh, make some advancements in the Hoosier State and get some key players, and that's uh, continuing with uh, Xavier Booker headed to Michigan State. So uh, one of the best players for the upcoming season. We'll be interesting to see how that factors in for the high school or the Mr. Basketball race. I know Booker was pursued by some prep schools, uh, some of the elite high schools that do a lot of traveling and stuff, uh, but uh, has said he is committed to returning to Cathedral. Uh, so he will definitely be the top player or one of the top players in high school basketball in this 2023 class. And it'll be uh, curious to see if he can take all that talent and momentum coming out of the, the summer now that his college decision is out of the way and help Cathedral, who will be talented once again, back to a state championship and, and again to a Mr. Basketball award potentially for him as well. One other Big Ten recruiting note, I, I thought this was interesting. Somebody shared this story with me as well. Uh, have you heard about who the surprise college is, if he even goes the college route, that LeBron James's son, Bronny James, where he could go? Uh, Rutgers is being mentioned as a 
surprise destination in college if LeBron's son goes that route. It's been long thought he's probably going to go the G League route, the professional route per se, uh, and get to the NBA as quick as possible. Although there are really conflicting reports on you know how good exactly he is. He's not a top 10, top 20 guy in the class, and normally those with NBA aspirations sooner rather than later are those very best of the best in all the national rankings that are out there. But uh, the story from uh, Adam Zagoria, who's been on this show before with Zag's blog, who covers recruiting a lot, uh, is that because of Rutgers' recent uh, record of helping develop guards into Big Ten talents like Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. and Miles Johnson, some of the guys that Indiana really has had trouble with the last number of years, that that maybe carries some appeal to LeBron James' son, Bronny James. Ohio State's also been mentioned. I know there have been a number of schools, if you were to go the college route, uh, like Duke and Kentucky and North Carolina, some of the big dogs, Texas, UCLA, and even Tennessee, I saw someone report would, would be a player for uh, Bronny if he went to school. But just interesting, I think Rutgers, uh, um, you know, it, maybe they're in the running for Bronny James if he goes the college route, but we'll, that kind of remains to be seen. Two names to remember for IU recruiting 2024 forward. Caleb Williams uh, received a scholarship offer late last week, actually over the weekend from Indiana. He is from Washington, D.C. He attends Sidwell Friends High School. Six foot seven forward is Caleb Williams. And also another 2024 name is that list for IU uh, recruiting targets continues to grow. His name is Jesse McCullough. Uh, he received a scholarship offer last week. Six foot nine he is, and is from Lutheran East High School in Cleveland. Ohio. He averaged almost 17 points a game as a sophomore, uh, just over 10 rebounds as well. So a couple new names to add to the 2024 list. I think the big thing with recruiting right now, Booker off the table. IU had a number of visits last week, some additional visits today and tomorrow. Remember uh, Trent Sicily and Jalen Harrelson, two of the very best players in Indiana and the country in the 2025 class are expected to be on campus here over these next few days for unofficial visits. And that's kind of a, a big deal because not only are they big talents, but today and tomorrow, these are the first few days that players from that class can actually get out and tour a college campus on their own dime and on their own schedule. And so uh, IU worked with those guys closely, I understand, to get visits set up right out of the gate. So the in-state school, one of the schools, I think, outside of Purdue that offered uh, those guys first, uh, one of the very first schools getting uh, the the first visit from both of those guys, the way things work out here with, I think, Harrelson on today and Sicily on tomorrow, if I've got that correct. But kind of interesting to see what's going on with visits right now and with some of those seniors, guys that are going to be seniors that were on campus last week, uh, can Indiana turn the momentum from those visits uh, into a commitment. So that's kind of something to pay attention to here over the next week or two. Sometime right after a visit, you'll get a player that's really excited and that visit has made up his mind and he's ready to announce. And other times they're going to stick with their schedule and visit the rest of the schools on their list and take advantage of their five official visits that they get for a senior year. So we'll pay attention a little bit more to some of those older guys here in future weeks also. And IU football with a commitment over the weekend, a 2023 offensive lineman. His name is Austin Barrett. He's a three-star, and he gave his pledge to the Hoosiers over the weekend. He's from St. Charles, Illinois, the number 70th ranked offensive tackle 
uh, in the class, according to the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. One other note, one local note to mention, Little League Baseball is not over for the summer. There's a group of Little Leaguers from uh, Floyd Central, from Highland Hills Middle School, that are going to not start school today with the rest of New Albany, Floyd County students. The Highlander Youth Recreation Intermediate Team, they are headed to the World Series, which started on Sunday and ends next Monday in Livermore, California. Uh, So, uh, again, state champs, Great Lakes regional champs uh, are the HYR Intermediate Club. That's one of the newer divisions of Little League Baseball that uh, has caught on, especially at HYR. They're the local team that has really invested a lot into that division and had some really good all-star teams here locally out of that division. So they are playing on. Uh, in the World Series and uh, have got a pretty good team. Maybe they have a chance in uh, California to make some noise. So we'll be following HYR this week uh, after they won the region last week or within the last week and a half or so and uh, now head out to California for the, the big show, the World Series, and we wish those guys the very best of luck. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times joins us in place of Zach Osterman today. More about the Booker decision, more about recruiting, some IU football stuff coming out of uh, media days as well. And then Chad Gilbert ahead too today, the Charlestown AD on local sports. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for... All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back with you here on this Monday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. So kind to, to join in place of Zach Osterman today, uh, who is out, but will join us next Monday here on the show. And Dustin, no shortage of things, both basketball and football, to break down and discuss coming out of the weekend. I want to start with Xavier Booker. I know we spent some time on that in the first segment today, uh, but kind of a surprise. Not, I don't think that he didn't go to Indiana, but more so he goes from a recruitment that's skyrocketing with all sorts of offers and, and new ones coming in all the time to a list of 10 uh, late last week, and then just a few days after the list of 10 is released, uh, he, he made his announcement Saturday afternoon. That was a, a quick work of uh, 10 schools to figure out what's best for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think what it suggests to you, and I haven't read enough about what he said, but um, it, it did seem like he was Michigan State was kind of the front runner for a long time, and, uh, and obviously we're talking about high school kids. I mean, that, that that's sort of the thing. Like somebody hit me up on Twitter to be like, "How much sense does that make? You just narrowed it down to ten, and now you have a pick. Like, what? What? You know? So why did you even narrow it down to ten? Um, but you know, I mean, it, that's kind of the thing. Sometimes they just they, they get it in their head and they know. Uh, and you know, sometimes they're having a hard time figuring out anything. They're all over the place, and then you know, for some reason, they just come to some level of clarity. Uh, and you know, that's how a 17-year-old kid's brain works sometimes. Uh, but it, it did seem like for a long time Michigan State was kind of the front-runner, uh, that, that that was somebody that obviously is, though, and, and, then, and had been, you know, had been after him for a long time. You know, obviously we're talking about more than a year. Uh, Michigan State had had some interest, so everybody else jumped in. Um, and in the end, it was obviously involved. 
But, I mean, you know, the Dukes and the Candaces jump in, but it didn't seem like that really affected him that much. Uh, it seemed like he was still appreciative of a lot of the schools that had been with him for a while, but ultimately felt like Michigan State was the place and you know, must have asked himself, well, what's the point? Well, why, you know, if, if this is where I feel most comfortable, why, what am I, you know, sitting out this way for? And it didn't really matter to him that he looked weird just having picked a 10. Um, but, you know, I, I think that was sort of the thing is it just seemed like for a long time Michigan State was the, was the program that, uh, uh, you know, that, that kind of had his heart, basically. And so, you know, I think that's ultimately what led to, to him, you know, making that quick move. All right. Uh, Dustin Dopirak starting today on Xavier Booker, his commitment on Saturday to Michigan State. Uh, lots to get to basketball-wise and football, but right now I want to hop to football because I know both you and Zach were at uh, Big Ten Media Days a week ago or, or late last week and had a chance to talk with Tom Allen and IU players and just kind of get a feel for uh, what the Big Ten Conference could look like this season. And with that said, uh, I think we learned a little bit more about maybe expectations for uh, quarterback or whoever that may be. But really, from all the stuff I read from you and Zach and others that were there and listening to Coach Allen speak, still not a lot of insight, I thought, as to who actually is going to be the starting quarterback in that first game for the Hoosiers coming up? No, I mean, they're, they're waiting for somebody to win it, and they did not feel like one of the two uh, won it in camp. And obviously, again, I mean, they had to narrow things down. Um, you know, they had a couple other names in there. Obviously, Dexter Williams was part of it. You know, even Grant Gremmel was, I, I guess, given at least some level of look there. Um, but, you know, and, and obviously having, you know, making a decision early on, you know, Dalvin McCauley deciding, you know, hey, I'm going to move to wide receiver. Uh, so, you know, they, they had to narrow some things down, but they get down to, to Bayslack and Tuttle, and it doesn't seem like one or the other uh, has separated themselves. But that doesn't mean that both of them are playing poorly. I mean, I thought it was really interesting um, that, that, that the extent to which Tuttle has tried to uh, really exude leadership. I mean, he was the guy who, uh, you know, I, I wrote about a, the PowerPoint presentation that uh, he and Cam Jones gave, you know, really at the beginning of the spring semester. Uh, when everybody got back on the campus just to say, like, these are going to be our, uh, you know, our standards. We didn't feel like we hit them this year just as far as, um, you know, uh, you, you know, guys being all the way bought in, and this is what that looks like, and this is what you're going to be expected to do. This is what we as teammates are going to expect you to do. Um, so I thought that was interesting on Tuttle's part. I mean, I think obviously he's a guy that, that certainly feels like he's been overlooked, um, and, and I don't think he's interested in, in just – Handing this over to Connor Bazelak and say well, you're the guy. I mean, remember Tuttle was a highly recruited quarterback coming out of high school in California. I mean, he was an elite eleven guy, um, you know, and has been stuck behind Michael Penix uh, this entire time, and even Peyton Ramsey on top of that before that. So, um, you know, and and when he's gotten opportunities, he's gotten injured. You know, last year obviously he didn't he wasn't around for very long through. Um, just a gorgeous touchdown pass against Ohio State, and on that pass gets his ankle jammed up, and so you know there's the end of your ball game for him. So I, mean, I think he's still looking at it like I'm I, I'm not going to get pushed around just because you went out and got a transfer. Like I, I'm going to make a run at this. So I do think that's uh, part of the reason why it's not going easy. I mean, as good as as good as Bayslack's numbers are, remember he did get pushed out of the starting job in Missouri too. So it, this is not a guy that was a, a short, you know, that you know um, was an obvious choice. So there's going to be a competition there, and they're going to see what happens in the month of August. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times, my guest. I think the next question I have about IU football is one that a lot of people have. There are so many new faces and even returning players like Donovan McCauley. I mean, he's in a totally new position. So new faces, new roles. How does all of it work out for Indiana? That's going to be, I think, figured out. And really the first couple of weeks of the season, we'll be able to have a much better read on things. No, for sure. I mean, really, I mean, the, the entirety of the offensive skill positions – 
uh, is going to be new, more or less new. I mean, you know, the, the only guy potential returning starter uh, is DJ Matthews, and he only made it four games before he tore his ACL. So, you know, most likely you're starting quarterback, running back, running back, uh, three, all three wide receivers and tight end are going to be different than what you had at, at the end of last year or even in the meat of last season. Um, so, so that's going to be a total change. I mean, obviously defense, there's going to be a lot more guys, uh, that are, you know, established, but there's going to be some new guys as well. I mean, I think, you know, you, there's a good chance you'll see Miles Jackson start. There's a good chance you'll see J.H. Tevis start. You know, you, you could have a transfer at linebacker, uh, next to Cam Jones. Aaron Casey could win that job too, but, you know, you could see, uh, Bradley Jennings there. Or you could see Jerry Casey there. You could even see Deshaun McCullough there, uh, it, you know, it, where, where Michael McFadden stood last season. So there's, there's going to be a lot of shakeup. Um, a lot of new names, and a lot of those are going to be be transfers. But some of those, you know, there are going to be freshmen involved. I think uh, in the mix someplace. Um, but there's going to be a good uh, a good amount of, of shakeup. You're going to see just a lot of different faces. Uh, again, more than any place else is the offensive skill positions where you're just going to see a different football team than you saw last year. Dustin, I'm curious. The last few seasons, there really has been a lot of pressure on this IU team to perform. They've had uh, lofty goals and been thought of by the media uh, to be te- a team in the Big Ten that could make some noise. And obviously 2020, they did that. And maybe it was more of a surprise that year. Maybe they didn't have those expectations going in, put on them by others. But last year, it just did not work out for multiple reasons. It was a season gone bad in so many different ways. I don't think Indiana has pressure on it as a program this year because Hector picked last in the Big Ten East, but does Tom Allen have some pressure mounting on him this year to uh, beat the baseline expectation and to get this program some momentum going again like it was a few years back? No, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what you would say about, okay, how many games does he need to win? I mean, I, I, I don't think he's on the hot seat. Um, but it is just what it comes down to is it's just it's the trajectory has to be changed because right you know like going from you know six and two and, and six and one in the league obviously that being a, a weird season with COVID and whatnot um, you know basically like more or less being a, being a top fifteen program uh, in twenty in twenty twenty and then going from that to two and ten with no wins in the Big Ten. Um, in in 2021 is drastic, and, and that's the sort of season that can eventually get you fired. So it, it is, you know, you have to be on the watch for for Tom Allen's long term, um, you know, uh, viability basically in that job. It, it, he can't keep going on that track, I and mean, you, you can't start piling up two intense seasons. Now, does that mean they've got to win six this year? I don't think it does. I mean, I think you had to look at this season as a likely down cycle season anyway, just because of all the guys that they were going to lose. Um, but you know, all the same, like it can't be. It's got to be competitive. Like you, you, you've got to come out of this year with hope. I think is is really the biggest thing. You, you've got to come out of the season, whether it's whether you go four and eight and some of the losses are competitive, or you're five and seven, or or whatever. Like there's got to be some reason um, for hope coming out of this year because you know then then it starts to be an issue with recruiting, and and I think it already is. Um, you know, obviously he was able to keep a lot of the highly regarded twenty two class, twenty twenty two class he had, but a lot of those guys committed. And not all of them, but a lot of those guys committed, you know, when they were coming off of six and two and coming off of an outback bull trip, you know, it, it, it's harder to go out on the trail for a full summer carrying two and 10 and get guys who haven't promised you anything, um, to commit to you. It's easier to get guys who have already promised you to stick around. Um, so that's the hard part is it's like, you know, as, as he goes forward, if they carry a three and nine or they carry a four and eight, uh, into next summer, then you have a hard time, uh, getting players. And at a certain point, that talent, that lack of talent, 
um, is, is going to be something that drags you down and keeps you down. And then you need some, you need new blood just to start it back up again. Um, so that's the situation that he's in basically is, is that, you know, there, there's just got to be signs of life after this year. Um, you know, whatever that means. And that not, might not be a win total or, you know, it, it could be a situation where, you know, you could have two very different four and eight seasons. Uh, that they could, you know, either drag you down or, or pump you up. Um, so I think that's kind of a big question there. Is that they need, you know, they don't make a bowl game. They, they need to come out of this feeling good and being able to carry some momentum and, you know, some level of positive energy uh, out on the recruiting trail next summer. That that's what he needs, I think, to kind of keep him viable going forward. And I got to give it to Coach Allen. I mean, uh, he he was Mister Positivity and Leo, and uh, so full of energy. Uh, for the last few years, really, since he's been the head coach at Indiana. And even when the expectations aren't there and there have been some off-season concerns or struggles, I watched so many of his interviews that he did uh, at Media Day last week, and he's still the same positive guy. I don't think you could tell any difference in his positivity or body language or excitement uh, based on Big Ten Media Day the last couple years as opposed to this year. No, absolutely, and and he's got to be that guy. I mean, and, and, and that's a core thing, too, like, that's he. That is all. At the end of the day, the drawing, the, the drawing card that Indiana has. I mean, that that is the most important thing for them is Tom Allen being a guy you want to play for, a guy you want to work for, a guy that that whose program you want to be a part of. I mean, that that is his major drawing point, and he has maintained it. And and to to this point, I'm mean, going to have to give him credit for as much as it, he's keeping the other you know, positivity. He's also been real with us when he talked about what went wrong last year. And, and I think that says a lot about him from a character standpoint, because, you know, I think there are people who do see, see him as a, as a salesman. And, and I don't. I, I think if, if, you, if you really deal with him up close and you have real conversations with him, and if you're in a position to do that, like, yeah, he knows the sales pitch, but it's not just the sales pitch. And, and, he, and, and the difference is that you could, like, he can be honest when something went wrong. And so when you say like, "Hey, look, you were two and ten last year. Like, you obviously had to reevaluate." Yeah, and, it's, and he's like, "Yes." I mean, he's obviously he's able to say that. And like, he one of the big things he talks about is the meeting the day after the season. Basically, that that, that several guys texted him and said, "Hey, we, coach, we got problems, and we got to talk about this because this can't happen next year." Uh, and they came in, and one of the big things they told him is they thought that some of their teammates quit. Basically, that they felt like some of their teammates checked out uh, as the season got hard, and you know they felt like there was not enough accountability. And Tom Allen was willing to say, you know what, I, I need to take a look in the mirror and say that myself that we, we didn't hold enough guys accountable. We probably let some things slide that we shouldn't have. You know, let it happen, especially with veterans, and, and we you know just didn't hold guys as accountable as we should have. And that's something we've got to change, and that's something we're devoted to. And he obviously had things, you know, specific measures. Um, that he did to make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, it, it's, a lot of it looks, you know, hokey when he talks about it on Twitter. Um, but it's important. I mean, they talked about having accountability groups and they just, just built these groups of guys so that they would spend more time hanging out with people that aren't in the position group. Cause his thing was like, man, you get clicky in your position group because that's who you spend most of your time with. And so you, you don't interact with guys on the other side of the ball. I mean, it's a big team, you know, so like you can't all be best friends. But it's like you have to have some level of cross-positional, you know, inter- interaction, interrelation, so that you can hold each other accountable at, uh, and not just the guys in your position group. And, you know, another thing you made a point of doing is expanding the leadership council and saying, okay, like, we're going to involve freshmen in this. Uh, you know, true freshmen, there are guys that are part of that council because they want to be involved in every class. They want to be have somebody in the freshman class, you know, that can be there in the dorms when something's not going the way that it should and say, hey, guys, we can't, we shouldn't do this. You know, whatever that is, whether it's partying or just dumb stuff that freshmen do in dorms, which we all remember, um, you know, basically saying, like, we got to hold ourselves to a higher standard than that. 
And so I, I thought that was interesting too. Is it's like it's not just maintain the positivity because anybody could put a face on. Uh, you know, you you got to be able to actually acknowledge what went wrong and have real plans to fix it. And Tom Allen at least does. Now that doesn't mean it's going to get fixed, uh, but he's at least capable of acknowledging that last year was a disaster. And you know, it, you you can't. You can't try to shine that puppy up. It was what it was. And so, uh, in, in fairness to Tom Allen, as much as he's maintaining positivity, uh, he's not trying to say that last year was anything other than what it was. All right, Dustin, final IU football question. Uh, September 2, Friday night game. And if you listen to this show, you know I hate Friday night Big Ten football because <laughs> yeah. I, I want the focus just for that one evening to be on our local high school football teams. But, again, I'm, I'm going to lose that argument every day of the week. So, with that said, uh, Indiana will open the season at home against Illinois. I know you also got a chance to hear from the Illinois folks last week at Big Ten Media Day. A real early thought on that game, that opener for the Hoosiers? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Illinois is not coming into this this great either, but I mean, obviously, you know, Bielema is a good program builder, a good, you know, is a successful coach. Uh, you know, obviously, he's, he's a brilliant one. He can run, rub some people the wrong way. And um, But all the same, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you're, you're going to start to see at this point, you know, that program uh, take some steps in the positive direction. they got some talented running backs. They don't have too much talent, but it's a game that I think, I mean, Indiana really needs to. Indiana really needs to win, and they really got to get off on the right foot on that one. You know, having them at their place starting the season. Uh, you know, the you know Illinois is going to have the benefit of, of playing a week zero game against Wyoming, so that will get them. Uh, you know, basically a, a little bit more together, but it also gives Indiana an opportunity to find out what they're dealing with because I think Illinois has at least one new coordinator. Um, you know, where Indiana you know has two, and, and they're not going to put anything on tape. So you know, Illinois is not going to have much of a chance to prepare for them. Um, but you know, I'm trying to think of the name of the running back they got. That's um, pretty good. So they they, they got a couple players uh, that are going to be you know tough outs. Um, I, I think for Indiana, but uh, it's it's a game that I think Indiana really got to win. All right, Dustin Dopirak, thank you so much. You jumped in late for Zach today. Uh, we may talk to you again in your normal spot on Wednesday, but appreciate all the insight uh, that you, on a regular basis, bring listeners of this program, Dustin. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Come back with Chad Gilbert. He's the Charlestown Athletic Director, also an IHSA Executive Board member, former basketball coach in the area, and we've got some local stuff to talk about with high school sports, fall sports, gearing up, and ready to go here in just a few weeks for some of the sports, including football. That and more next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back, final segment of this Monday program, August 1st. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad is the AD at Charlestown High School, former coach in the area, IHSA executive board member as well. And Chad, you're a basketball guy. I love basketball, so I wanted to save this mention for when you were with me. Uh, but obviously some, some bad news for basketball lovers over the weekend. The legendary Bill Russell, who did so much in the game and continued to even after his playing days, 
uh, passed away. And I, I wasn't aware of any major health issues or anything. And so I know at 88 years old, you just never know. But sad to see uh, his uh, life come co- to an end. And he, he was sure a legend in the basketball world, both on and off the court. No question about it, Matt. You, you think about someone like that, and 88, he's lived a great life. But you think about that life, he's went through a lot of adversity. He's seen a lot of different things. Playing when he played was a different time. And it was something that, uh, especially for an African-American, it was, to go through that, to be in Boston during that time, a lot of stuff to overcome. And for him to do that with the success he did is you know, second to none. Maybe, you know, lots of great winners. You think of Brady, you think of Jordan. Maybe the best winner of all time, Matt, I saw where, you know, he played at San Francisco and won a national championship. I I, I saw something that he had never lost, a titled game. And in deciding games, he was undefeated. So, you know, those two go hand in hand. But still, just a remarkable winner. And that's something that, to do that, you have to have talent. But you also have to be a great teammate. You have to be someone who's willing to sacrifice your individual skills for the betterment of the team. And on all accounts, that's what Bill Russell is about. Yeah, absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, um, it's a busy time. We've talked about football coming up, really football and volleyball in many regards, take the spotlight here in the fall. Football's the big dog. Volleyball, my goodness, this area has been so good now for so long. And it's a hectic time. Uh, You've kind of taken us the last week or two uh, behind the scenes a little bit uh, as an area athletic director that carves out a few minutes to join us on Mondays to talk about uh, what it's like to be an AD. And it's not just showing up and the popcorn smells good and the fans are coming in. You've got your fingers crossed for good weather. Uh, it's not just that simple. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. And I know these first few weeks, few days especially of school, dealing with your coaches and as students come back in the building and double-checking everything, for all the seasons and the games and matches that are going to be played ahead in this fall season. It, it's a hectic time. Matt, you, you hit something on the segue into this question and in this talking point was um, volleyball, how it's taken off. You think about this, Matt. We are in a hotbed. We always know about how it is for basketball here in southern Indiana. But look at our volleyball success. You know, I think volleyball and baseball have both really taken off in the last, you know, five, ten years, especially in southern Indiana with all our teams representing extremely well in the class system that um, those two things are, are really points moving forward. I think, you know, in southern Indiana, we will see softball next be one that takes off and have a lot of success in the tournament. And I think at some point, you know, as we all know, football is a numbers game. At some point, our football teams will be on that on that same level of competing as our basketballs, or volleyballs, or baseballs, soon to be softballs. And I would guess, you know, our um, uh, football is knocking on the door. But you said that about this time of the year. Fall is by far the most busy part of an athletic director schedule because you're not only doing stuff for the fall sports, which there's several things going on. It's back to school. People are getting ready for their winter sports or spring sports. There's limited contact. That just starts it off. Then you start thinking about your first day of fall practices, your compliance in your school, your scheduling, your scheduling for facilities, not just for events, but for off-season workouts, your confirmations, your officials, your transportation schedules. Man, it goes on and on. You think about fundraising, which takes me into a segue here. You know, 
that's something that, uh, you know, at some point we may see pay to play with uh, prices going up on everything. Equipment is getting more expensive. Officials are getting more expensive. Uh, that's something you may see. I think athletic directors are getting more creative every year, every day on this one. Two that come to mind, one is this Friday. B.J. McAllister does an outstanding job with his sports social at New Albany High School for a fundraiser. This year he's got Goose Gossage coming in. Last year, Ken Griffey, who was outstanding. I think he has a few more tickets left. So if any sports fans are out there, just a good night, one, to hear an entertained speaker, but to two, you get to see a who's who of New Albany. You know, it's a lot of different people there who, you know, if you want a chance you haven't seen Donnie Unruh in a while, you're going to see Donnie Unruh there. You know, I'll go with my old principal at Jeffersonville, Bill Amerson. You're going to see Bill Amerson there. You're going to see a lot of old New Albany fans, a lot of people you haven't seen just mingling with the crowd. That's not counting the New Albany players, coaches, and support staff. So if anyone has an opportunity, I think BJ has a couple tickets left to go and see that one. The other is these basketball shootouts, trying to get the top teams. I think of Brownsburg when they had the sneakers for Santa, an old teammate of mine, Ryan Owens. Uh, who coaches the Indy Heat now, puts together premier matchups with Brownsburg. And that's just something, again, a way to create, one, some revenue for your school, but also to show off your school and the school's facilities. So there's a lot of different things that athletic directors do to think outside the box to try to create money. Now, and, and keep this in mind, Matt. Athletic directors get paid whether there's a million dollars in the account or $10 in the account. It doesn't matter. So all above and extra is something athletic directors do out of pride for their programs and wanting to have the best for their athletes and, yeah. and, and their, the community and their schools. Now, Chad, we we got to go back to the New Albany event on Friday for just a second. Uh, two things on that. Number one, a year ago at that event, Chad Gilbert was there checking things out. And if I remember correctly, your dress, your shoes especially, uh, you were the celebrity there that night. You were styling and profiling. That's the first takeaway. The second takeaway is I was excited for Lou Pinella. He was supposed to be the speaker this year. He's had some health issues, and, you know, that's a tough thing. You've, you've promoted it. You've marketed it. People have bought tickets. But what a great replacement. I mean, there's a guy that's full of stories and full – just the way he delivers delivers uh, his story on Friday. I know fans will enjoy. So Goose Gossage, a backup in many sense of the word, but uh, for a guy like Lou Pinella, but man, what a guy to pull out of the bullpen for Friday night. Well, Matt, let's first talk about attire. Miss Amy and I have already coordinated our <laughs> outfits for Friday. We are ready. The weather's been bad, so my, t- my suntan has faded just a touch, but we will be ready to show out. Friday. Um, the second thing, like you talked about, I couldn't get over how good King Griffey was last year speaking on that one. Um, wasn't expecting that to be that sort of speaker, you know, to keep you engaged. And if you know, you can tell the guys, you know, there, there's people that go to those things that one, they listen for entertainment. And there's guys like you and I who go who are taking notes and thinking, when can I use this again? I learned that from Coach Jones, uh, Jerry Jones, former U of L assistant, helped me many, many years with the basketball program. We go watch speakers. It wouldn't matter if it was an FCA. It wouldn't matter if it was a faculty meeting. He's writing notes, taking stuff away from that that will help our team. And I think that's something that people can do in these things. Not only help your team, but help you individually. So it's something to look forward to. I hope to see you there, Matt. Hopefully we can get, get together. 
during, before, and after, and uh, you know, celebrate the start of school a little bit. Celebrate a good cause over at New Albany High School. Absolutely, Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, uh, one other question for you: getting back into the high school sports, and I don't want to talk about specifics here because every school has players, athletes leaving and going. But I've had this question come up, and I think people like this Monday segment because you know we toot the horns of athletes and coaches and teams locally that that deserve it. But I think we also have touched on some subjects that people would really like to hear more about. And you and I agreed we just haven't had the time to get into long-form discussions about some of these things. But in general, do you feel like transfers of athletes here in our immediate area uh, is on the rise? Because there was a time where, oh, my gosh, look at all the transfers in Louisville. And then look at how crazy things are in Indianapolis with the good players moving here and moving there. Somehow they're eligible or that guy's not eligible. It does seem to be happening more here as an AD in the area that's dealing with this stuff and having conversations with other ADs are transfers on the rise not just in Indy or Louisville but really across the state including right here Matt we are currently on 13 13 incoming transfers at Charleston Charleston High School at Charleston High School Uh, more than any two years before this combined you know Prior to COVID, probably I had 13 total. Now, I think there's a lot of things that go into play in that one, Matt. I think, one, you see NCAAs, people transferring. They feel like, you know, that's just how it works. Unfortunately, it's not. This is education-based athletics. There are still rules, still things to apply by, by bylaws set forth by the IHSA to protect membership schools. The other thing with that is I don't see it going away, Matt. It's something to – our transfers are up. One, I think we have some very, very good coaches. I think we had good coaches before. I think they have set the groundwork here in the past 10 years that Charlestown's on the verge of becoming something very special. Two, you look at our facilities, why wouldn't you want to come to Charlestown High School? I would put our school up to anyone uh, south of Indianapolis. You know, And the only reason I say south of Indianapolis is because I've not been to anything north of Indianapolis, Much, many schools up there. As far as cleanliness – as far as details, as far as um, state-of-the-art, we have everything that you need here. So why wouldn't you, if you're a student-athlete, want to come to Charlestown High School? Matt, I'll give you an example. We are up to 804 students at Charlestown. Now, that's something that we don't want to get in that 1,200 range. We do not want to be the bottom of 4A at all. No part, no how. We do not want to do that one. But when the state of Indiana pays you $7,500 a kid and you're at, your administration is not going to turn that away. Now, you think about those 13, Matt. Do the math on that. 7500 a kid times 13 kids. I mean, you're looking at 80000 plus coming into the school system this year that was not here last year. So it's something that um, there, there is not going to go away. It's something that we probably need to adjust and work and do what's best for one, our schools and our student athletes. And that you, you think about this, when a tra- when we lost an athlete, we lost a, a very talented athlete this year, but that's kind of part of the deal. We've lost athletes before. We've had another one come in. And that's, that's part of the trade-off in this, in the game that we're, that we're into right now. And it's something that um, I don't, I, I don't see changing a whole lot, Matt, but you think about that when a student at, when a student from another school comes in, what that does is that displaces a student who's been at your school 
And that's something that we have to protect our students of. So, for instance, you may have been the starting center on the football team for three years. You played all the way through. Well, we got a Big Ten kid transfer in, and now he's the starting center. You've just displaced this kid who's been in Charlestown his whole life. So there's, there's not all positives on this deal. Now, there's plenty of places those guys can go. We can maneuver. We can do those things. But that is the biggest drawback in the transfer process to me is the, the displacement of your current athletes. All right, Chad Gilbert, great stuff. Athletic director at Charlestown High School with us Mondays as we talk local sports. Chad, I'll uh, look forward to uh, doing this all over with you next Monday in our show. Matt, I appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Sunday Night Sports. Seabold, you had a chance. Bring your kid. <laughs> That'll wrap things up for this Monday program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>